hey uh you like the show (laughs) you know what a commercial a commercial shouldn't have a sigh in it (laughs) hey uh, i don't know pepsi i guess (laughs) hey uh casper mattresses i guess if you want to sleep they roll them up send them to your house if the ground's not good enough for you (laughs) we got some hay what do you want your inner child is an idiot.com will lead you to patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot, which is where you can support, you can become a member of this little family, our little family, mm-hmm. little baby, little baby, um, Johnny. Yeah. Um, um, we got ghost in the burbs in a high chair. We got Larissa Maestro <laughs> at the kids table. I don't know why we got someone in a high chair and a separate kids table. doesn't really make sense. Well, they're, it's, she's slightly older. So she's at the kids' table? Yeah. The kids but, the, ta- but the high chair, you know, you need to feed them. You need, yeah, they got to be at the adult table. They're still kids, but they, you know, they can't go off in their own little Lord of the Flies thing going over there. <laughs> I don't know the what The kids' your- table at your family reunions was rough. It was pretty rough. One kid wasn't coming back, and it was that fat kid. And it was Piggy. Hearnerchildsanidiot.com. <laughs> Off. You gotta do the you gotta do a sound effect for the hand motion. <laughs> if we can get a slide whistle in here, that'd be great. Hello, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about you? Your comfort on the mic. Hello and welcome to <laughs> Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we watch things. That ESL that class is paying off. Liked when we were younger, but Maybe. we don't know if we like them anymore. Sometimes we didn't like them when we were younger. Sometimes we hadn't seen them when we were younger. Case in point, have you seen Face Off? No. Well, I have. Good. I'm going to go take a dump while you record this first part. Let me tell you, it is pure Travolta. Ooh. And pure Not cage. all. Cage. No, no. I want some cage. Cage Travolta. The two, Freebasing cage. The two psychotic actors you were hoping would make a movie together your entire life, well, until the mid-90s or whenever this was. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. Travolta's psychotic in his personal life. Right. From all we know, he's a part of some crazy cult. He's a closeted gay man. There would be no way of knowing. Johnny Cage, that is a Mortal Kombat character. Nick Cage... Is psychotic in Call all aspects. Christian name of Nicholas, please. Nicholas Coppola um, Nick- is psychotic in all aspects of his life. Nicholas Cage is one of the most perplexing characters that Hollywood characters. has ever produced. Well, characters in in the sense that we're all characters in this Truman Show that we're living in. Exactly. I have no idea if he's good at acting or not. Have Here's you seen- the thing. Here's the thing. His early work, I'm thinking of Raising Arizona. I'm thinking of Moonstruck. Mm-hmm. He's almost like unrecognizable. I love Moonstruck, so I watch it fairly regularly when I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Um, he's almost unrecognizable. I like to think that at some point in like around face-off time, I think in face-off you can still sort of see Moonstruck Nick Cage. But like once we get into Snake Eyes, Gone in 60 Seconds territory... It's like another man took over and just had the name. 
But I mean, you know, like leaving Las Vegas was yeah. later. I mean, I, I feel like I it's mean, probably later. around, I think it's 98, isn't it? Yeah, leaving Las Vegas? Right. Yeah. Once he won that Oscar, like something. I just, I, I don't know what the answer is. And maybe, maybe listeners, you can call us 615-576-0525. If you have any wow. Nicolas Cage insight yeah. you can give to us. But I feel like he's just like, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. I'll do that at job that you've, the script that you've given me. I'm not even going to read it. I'm going to do it. And and when he gets on set, he decides what how he's going to do it. Well, I will say there's like... actually evidence to support that in that okay. he has been caught by the government for tax evasion and not paying his taxes. And he oh. is in debt. He is notorious for spending money like it's yeah, going out of right. style. Okay. I vaguely knew that, but I, I didn't recall. Like he had to – did you hear like a few years ago, like two years ago maybe, he had to return – like mammoth bones or something. <laughs> He's got, and he a, didn't get his money back because they were like was so, were sold on the black market, and he had bought a, some sort of like like the elephant man's bones or something. He's got a Michael Jackson esque style of spending. Yeah, uh, but without the Michael Jackson esque Beatles royalties coming in. Oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere <laughs> else with that. So uh, <laughs> and kitty porn. Ooh. Alleged. Never tell me where you thought I was going because I'll eventually get there anyway. <laughs> um, this was, I, I remember this being sort of a big deal in that John Travolta was, he was in his, you know, Travolta naissance. He was, yeah, he was in his third, I think, comeback. Yeah. Welcome back. We call this one the welcome back. Right. Welcome back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was doing good. He was in that Phenomenon, Michael... Era. John Travolta era. Oh, John Travolta's a thing again. Right. We're cool with John Travolta. We didn't like him. We liked him. We didn't like him. Now we like him again. Where was... Okay, so we had, like, the Welcome Back Cotter was the first wave. I mean, that's his... And then we didn't come. like him... We didn't, <laughs> we didn't like him between that and Greece, or when did we not like him? I mean, Greece is, I think, around that time okay, anyway. So that was early. And then he sort of disappeared. Yeah. Then he came back with Look Who's Talking. And okay. in a great piece of irony, ruined his career with Look Who's Talking 2 and Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah. And then he was back, outcast again. We, we came no back like you. with, I think, Michael. That movie that no one remembers where he was an angel. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, stuff like Phenomenon and Face Off and Broken Arrow. Mm. Uh, Get Shorty. Which is good. I like Get Shorty. Yeah, that's a good one. Get Lucky, though. Almost like Look Who's Talking. It's like, nope. We're done now. You fucked it up. I think Battlefield Earth was the <sighs> most like that. That might have been the beginning of the... That was like, oh. The go away period. Which I, <laughs> You got in, the comeback and you got the go away. We're in a go away period now. Despite, yeah. despite him being in that OJ show uh, and just kind of chewing on the scenery. It's hard to tell. Time. I can't tell if we're in a go away period or we're just like... Well, now you actually look old. We've sort of accepted. Like, we don't know what to do with old men now. We've accepted the the Travolta of it all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember Adele Dazeem? Oh. (laughs) The Adele Dazeem. I didn't until you just said that. Never Uh, forget. Mostly, what I love is everyone remembers that he, of course, said Adina Menzel's name wrong. Mm -hmm. But no one remembers that hairpiece that was going on while he was saying it. He looks Mm -hmm. like, remember those old Energizer ads with the rubber family that ran on batteries? (laughs) That's what he looks like. His hairline looks like no hairline any human has ever had. 
And when he got caught cruising that guy in a gym, there were pics of him without the piece. Like, he's completely gone back there. Wait, what scenario was this? I'm so happy you asked, DJ. <laughs> Um, I've never seen Face Off, so this is all I can talk about yeah, with John Travolta I have is almost zero gossip gay rumors in general. So, so a guy, a Los Angeles guy, Los Angelino, sure. Um, he was at a gym, like one of those twenty-four hour gyms. So it's like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy there, except for a bald, an older bald man, John Travolta, <gasps> who out of nowhere comes up and starts talking to the guy. Working out alone I'm gonna look, at three keep, in the morning. You keep talking. I'm going to look this up. And uh, starts asking me, hey, oh, how you doing? Oh, you come here often? Blah, 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 blah. Um, and it just it seems like a very cruising situation. There's the pick. This one? There he is with the guy. Yeah. Well, he looks like a normal guy his age that just... Right. I'm not saying he's a monster. It's, it's just like he has. He looks like a normal guy his age with John Tra- Travolta's face... He's got the... Pulled uh, off of John Travolta and put <laughs> onto him. He, led, he actually looks like what Nicolas Cage would look like if he had his original hairline <laughs> and John Travolta's, Travolta's face put on him. He's gone full Mr. Belding. Oh, yeah. He's and why is... It looks like a Planet Fitness back there. It does, but yeah, all the all. Let me tell you something that straight men don't do when they're at a gym at three in the morning: talk to other guys who are there (laughs) out of nowhere for no reason. As someone who's been to a twenty-four hour uh, gym at a very late time, I don't know about three in the morning, but I've been there very late. Um, That's correct, (laughs) at least anecdotally speaking. I don't speak to anyone. And in fact, you know how like uh, straight guys like to cruise girls. Sure. I, they go down to the docks and just hang out and like whistle at girls. They got the hanky. I mean, at gyms. They got the pink handkerchief hanging out their left pocket to tell them, I like vaginal sex. They're doing some sort of tap dance with, nope, that's mm-hmm. gay sex. So. <laughs> still, still gay sex. Uh, I don't want anyone to see me when I'm at the gym, regardless of whether they're sexually attractive to me or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I guess some people, maybe people, I don't even in better like, shape than I am. Go there to pick people up, but I don't like my boyfriend to see me, and we've been together for almost five years now. I don't like him to see me in workout clothes at all. I wake up at five thirty every morning just to pump five pound weights in front of Lauren. <laughs> but that's just me. I don't want to. That's speak just for your you. thing. We're gonna and watch I'm okay face with off. It. Uh, and we're going to see what this is all about. The hubbub. Hold on. I do want to say what I'm oh. kind of excited about oh. uh, is that his face. I think this off. is as close as a straight bro movie can get to camp. What? Face off. What it's mean? ridiculous. The whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. How? And the clips oh, I've camp, seen. You mean like not like not summer like camp. summer camp. Okay, okay. No. But like, yes, camp. It's, okay. Yes, it's yes, going to yes. be campy. It is. Yes. That is 100% true. It will be not that much like summer camp, though, which is no. what I thought you were talking about. No, but you will. I will probably write a letter to my grandma in the middle of this movie. <laughs> Hello, Mata. Hello, <laughs> um, Face Off is currently available on demand if you're a Xfinity Comcast subscriber. Uh, or on Blu-ray on Amazon. or on. Don't on watch the sci-fi reality show, though, because nope. you're just going to get confused. That's not what we're talking about. Um, we're going to watch it. We'll be back in just a minute.
Before we get back to the show, I want to tell you about our Patreon page, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. You can join up, become a member, uh, support the podcast, and uh, in return you get cool things like your name mentioned in the credits or the uh, we'll say your name on the podcast. Uh, Damon will do original drawings if you give enough per uh, episode. All kinds of fun things like that. Uh, head over there to, Damon, you say it. Patreon.com slash your inner child is a moron. No. Oh, damn it. No, cut it. <sighs> slash your inner child is an idiot. Just cobble those two together. It's going to be perfect. Seamless. We're back. And we are back. That was the sound of doves Faces? flying oh, okay. in slow motion. I thought it might be the sound of faces coming off. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm shooting a pistol in each hand. Yeah. While Damon, flying out of a plane. Sideways. Yep. While jumping. And you can't see it, but I'm licking my own daughter. <laughs> On the face. All things that happen in this movie, <laughs> face slash off. I just want to say for the record, uh, you know how at the top of the second half of the show, the back nine of the show, we, yeah. we all correct all the things we got wrong yes. in the first half? Pulp Fiction. That was that the, was the, the little known movie that I couldn't remember. That was John Travolta's comeback. Yeah. I did a quick uh, rundown. That brought this, us the phenomenon, Michael, and Face Off. This is, uh, I did a quick rundown of, of Travolta's career from IMDb. This is by no means comprehensive, but I can break it down into basically four eras. Okay, so we got 75 to 79. That's the welcome back Cotter when he burst onto the teen. Yeah. As a teen, I meant burst onto the scene as a teen, not a He didn't teen. burn off, burst off onto a teen. Um, Saturday Night Fever, Grease. First off, hold on. Before you just, can we talk about how beautiful he was in that era, though? I guess. The chin never did it for me. <laughs> And also, the penis. Also, I'm not attracted to men, but still, I can I can appreciate the aesthetics of mm-hmm. uh, uh, of, a, of a good gorgeous man. man. And I guess, like you know, he has a nice smile or whatever. But the chin was always so, and it got more ridiculous as oh, age. Oh yeah, but, but but like, and then from about it seemed like eighty to eighty nine was the like we kind of hated him phase, or he just kind is of, that the staying alive period? Like, that, yeah, that was after the yeah. that's the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, right? right. Yeah, the and, gayest thing i've ever seen outside of a porno and then from it seems like from about like 89 to 92 we we were okay with him we tolerate him because that was the look who's who's talking look who's talking to and then about 92 was when look who's uh, talking now talking now 92 to 94 and then we didn't like him anymore and then pulp fiction 94 to 2000 was his his true renaissance which you know pulp fiction get shorty i remember though when he he hosted saturday live during the Look Who's Talking era, and he was already referring to himself as the comeback kid because he had so many comebacks already. So I guess any time that he did a... A mo- movie. The <laughs> w- movie that wasn't hated. He, right. Because considering... Comeback! And then... Uh, uh, and then after Pulp Fiction gets shorty, it gets a little bit dicier with got Broken Arrow, which we haven't watched, but that was uh, the film. That did well, though. Yeah, it did well. And how it's got Howie Long in it, the pure star power of Ooh, Howie Long. Handsome, um, mother's favorite football and player. Phenomenon, and then Face Off was, came after that. Um, and then. Uh, Michael? Yeah, Michael. Michael. 
And oh yeah, primary colors where he was basically Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Um, and then there's the 2000 to now, uh, which is the kind of like question mark era because we had Battlefield Earth, which was like whoa, solid. I think solid, probably the strongest of his career. You got Battlefield Earth. You got General's Daughter. Yeah, these are all great films. He did something. You good got in there. Get Lucky or the- Get l- Out. Get Luck Time. But he did Sequel something else in there Shorty. that I can't remember that was good. Commonly referred to as better than Get Shorty. But now we're just kind of like, I don't know what to do with him. Uh, you, you got that one where he's like uh, a lawyer and he's fighting that. It's like Aaron Brockovich without any interesting parts. So <laughs> that one's good. Uh, yeah, solid. Probably the best part of his career right now. So this is a uh, uh, a John Woo joint, and we're going to get to that later. Woo! But this was like his first, like this. They said in the in the trivia, which again asterisk by that, oh, that yeah. it was the first one where he had true creative control. Which you know we may have to go back and watch Broken Arrow, but it makes sense to me. There's a lot of flying doves and slow motion and stuff. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, let's do a quick recap. Uh, Damon, take it away. Okay, you were just talking, telling me to tell you to take it away. Damon, tell me to take it away. You were about to say, <laughs> Damon, hand it back to me. All right. <laughs> um, so we've got uh, two main characters, uh, Caster Troy, which is uh, um, which Cage's is character. ridiculous for any any Latin student out there is just like rolling their eyes, like oh, well, we get and his it. Brothers Pollux, Caster right. and Pollux, the twins from Gemini, um, and then uh, Sean Archer is our our hero. That's John Travolta's character. Yeah. Uh, well, at the beginning, and then it gets uh, confusing. It's a little hairy in there. Basically, uh, Caster Troy. Uh, Kind of accidentally uh, killed John Travolta's son, uh, Sean Archer's son, in a flashback at the beginning of the movie. But he was trying to kill Sean Archer. Who he, hasn't made that mistake? It's like, just get over it. And he shot through him. And I killed, was shooting you in the back. Your son's head was on the opposite yeah. side of you. That's not my fault. Yeah, you're so the one who has the wounded, weird face thing. He merely wounded our hero and killed his son. So, and then we jump to six years later. He's been buried in his work, just trying to catch Castor this whole time, uh, and then he finally does. And uh, he, in order to find a bomb that Castor and his crew of uh, miscreants ne'er do wells planted yes. somewhere in downtown L.A., he goes through this experimental black op surgery. <laughs> Totally uh-huh. believable. Now, um, what happens during that surgery? I was a little they fuzzy. Take I wasn't his face. Yeah, and they and they take it off. Off of t- face, take it off is <laughs> is what it's called for short. So they they face surgi- take it off surgically, and I use face air- comma take it off. Right. Yeah. The face exclamation point. The face. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I want this other one. Hey, the, see the this face. Trademark. Do with it what you will. <laughs> Face removal. Um, so it's basically he goes undercover as Caster by like swapping face. We didn't swap faces with him initially. They preserve his face in some sort of Listerine jelly, mm-hmm. and they take there's a jello mold Caster's yeah. face, and then actually do all this plastic surgery on his body. So he's he is Caster uh, Troy, and uh, he goes into this super futuristic prison. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that, um, and he's basically supposed to use his influence as caster to talk to his brother Pollux who's this kind of uh boy genius hot uh, sexy Damon is very attracted <laughs> to uh Pollux Troy. Um, I mean he has all the things that everyone's looking for in a man. Stupid voice. A stupid voice. Bad posture. 
sunken eyes, a pasty complexion. He's clearly a misanthrope. Yeah. A murderer. He's probably a gonna yeah. <laughs> all all <laughs> on my list. Um, Swipe right, I say. But this plan, it doesn't go right. It goes completely <laughs> awry. Um, the real caster wakes up without a face. Faceless. E- egg on my uh, bone. Tissue? Um, and he uh, gets <laughs> he gets Sean Archer's face and becomes him. And then now... Whew, but can any man become another man? That's the question. That is the deep question. I would say that face-off would say no. And then blah, 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 movie, movie, movie. Eventually, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they uh, Sean Archer... As Caster Troy kills Caster Troy as Sean Archer. Yeah. Uh, and then he gets his face back. That's pretty much the the plot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. But that is essentially what happens. Um, there are some other characters um, that we should probably <laughs> um, go over. Um, there, Margaret Cho was in there. Margaret Cho she's is... She's not important to the story, but she is a cop in there. She's on uh, Sean Archer's team of FBI, Intel we got s- people. Joan Allen as the wife who you described very accurately. She's uh, She always seems prestigious, but she is never really in that many prestigious films. She's in stuff like The Bourne Ultimatum, which I've never liked The Bourne. I know some people love The Bourne films. I hate The Bourne films. She was in Death Race 2000, the mm-hmm. remake. She's in this piece of shit. She just pops up in a lot of shit. Yeah, it's true. I, I, yeah, if you, if you just... But like- she seems like... She's when sta- you just see her, like, oh, Joan Allen, and yeah, then you realize, like, oh, she's shit. Yeah. Uh, she seems like she would be in the same category as, uh, like, um, give me some... Meryl? Not Meryl, but, like, Meryl's in a class of... She her. has no peers. Uh, like Glenn Close? Yeah, Glenn Close, uh, even... Okay. She actually probably is in the same category as Glenn Close, now that I think about hey, it. Glenn Close is on Broadway right now. That's true. Um, she's a Tony winner, goddammit. <laughs> Never won an Oscar, though. <laughs> The losingest Oscar nominee. She has never won an Oscar despite being nominated so many times. Really? Yeah. She is a loser. Well. 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 Uh, Emma Thompson, I think, is who I was thinking of. Like, I don't think she actually is comparable to Emma Thompson, but if you see a picture of her, you're like, you put her in that echelon, and then you look look at her career, and you're like, oh, no. Right. And not that she's bad in anything. She's a fine, I think she's yeah, a Yeah, I don't want to give the impression she's bad, but she's... Yeah. She looks, every time I see her in one of these movies, I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then if you look at her career and you're like, no, you're exactly where you're <laughs> supposed to be. Yeah. Um, we have, um, and so she plays, Joan Allen plays uh, Archer's wife. I can't remember her first name. She's a doctor. She uh, actually plays Joan Allen is the name. Oh. Her, her first name in this movie is Joan Allen. Oh. They didn't even try. Joan Allen Archer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they have a daughter whose name is something, and they're uh, Kelly Ann. Nope, I was Jamie Kelly Ann. Yeah, Jamie. Jamie. I don't know who that actress is, but um, no she's one. been in stuff. Dominique Swain. Dominique Swain. She's been in stuff, she, um, probably. And then their their dead son is Mikey. And then there's some other like <laughs> minions. Uh, Gina Gershon plays cast the real caster's girlfriend, kind of, and also well, the he's, sister he's having an of, affair with the sister of one of his henchmen. Yeah, who Gina also has some sort of sexual relationship with Gina Gershon's character. Yeah, and he's played by Nick Cassavetes. Okay, 
Um, He's someone. And there's some others in there that I'm sure we'll, we'll get to if they're important. But um, I'm going to say John Woo's directing is a big character in this movie. <laughs> he makes some choices. He does make many choices. And I really, I, I'm going to say this. I thought I would really, I think I had, I think I saw Broken Arrow as my first John Woo movie. I think I saw mm. Mission Impossible 2 as well. Yeah. And I think after that I was like, I was a teenager I didn't care for it. I was just like, this is just a bunch of dick swinging and it's exhausting. Yeah. But I liked it a lot in this movie. I mean, it's very melodramatic. It's ridiculous. It's and I mean absolutely that, ridiculous. And I mean that in any way you want to take it. I mean, it is a yeah. camp. It is camp fest. Yeah. My prediction of it being campy is correct. This is, if John Woo has never seen anything, he's like, why don't we tone it down a bit? If you had maybe we shouldn't have literal doves flying in this church where a funeral is taking place. If you've seen like he's like more doves, bring let's him say in. You haven't seen a John Woo movie, or you haven't seen this movie, or whatever, and you don't know what we're talking about. If you've seen any parody of an action movie, <laughs> this is the directing that they're making fun of. Everything explodes. There's slow mo, like egregious use. There of is slow-mo. a scene where a boat explodes on the water. Anything that was not in like directly from the matrix is this is what they're making fun of. Like the bullet the you know this is pre bullet time. This is a very sort of like thing. a very quintessentially 90s action yeah. movie. This is like a I think you could put the matrix as like a pre and post matrix modern, Oh, I think anyone anyone movie. would agree with you. Yeah. And so this is like the height of pre matrix action directing. Like yeah. is insane. Um I mean, while we're talking about it, there's like literally everything explodes in any chase that we're in. We have some really highly choreographed chase scenes, like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, they're they're they are action scenes. Like, there is there is not anything where you're like, what a boring action scene. They are blowing shit up. Shit is flipping over. Um, you could so make some planes are crashing into buildings. The first action scene is them trying to stop. Nicholas Cage's plane, private plane, from yeah. taking off. And so we have uh, cops chasing it down the runway and then cops racing towards it on the opposite end of the runway. And, you know, they're shooting at it. There's a helicopter that lands on the wing to yeah. stop it from taking off. It diverts its track and crashes into the side of a building. Shit starts blowing up. It's absolutely insane. That's the beginning of the movie. Well, the beginning of the movie is Nicolas Cage shooting a young child through his father's body. Yes. That's how it opens. Yeah. That's the credits are playing over that scene. Yes. And so John Woo's like, let's start at an 11 <laughs> and work our way up. While we're talking about that scene. Uh, oh, it's so, are you going to talk about what I think you're going to talk about? Uh, well, so it's all, well, yes, there's so, oh God, there's so many things to talk about. Um, so, it's all shot, like, the beginning is all shot in this, like, almost sepia tone, like, Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, like, it's very, this like... This is clearly a flashback. And, it's in slow um, motion, and it also tracks their motion. So, like, if John Travolta moves to the left, there's sort of a trail of John yeah. Travolta and behind so, him. It's very maudlin. He and his son are on a carousel, just <laughs> having the goddamn time of their lives. It's a metaphor for time. Don't you and, see it? And Caster is just trying to shoot Sean. So, you see, he's like... He's trying to shoot him? He's just trying to shoot just him. Trying to like, shoot him. like he's trying to get a hamburger or something. <laughs> I'm look. I'm just trying to get a hot dog and shoot my and nemesis. Shoot a guy. Just what else would you do at the carnival? Um, Why didn't he aim for his head? There's a. 
Well, so the weird thing is, like, which we don't get any sort of uh, redemption from Castor in this entire story, but we do see, like, at the very beginning, he's taking aim, and his um, scope lands on the kid, and he immediately, like, pulls back. Right. So he does not—he doesn't want to kill the kid, and— I thought, and this is because I didn't realize what movie I was in for, but I thought maybe we were going to see some sort of arc from Castor when he gets to experience the life through the lens of a, like, a good person. I thought we were going to have... We did not get that. No, we absolutely <laughs> did not. Um, I thought a similar thing. I thought that both would... like. See I thought that John Travolta would get drunk on power as Nicolas Cage's character and turn, and I thought that Nicolas Cage's John Travolta would turn having lived his life as john travolta's character yeah no 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 incorrect. john Woo believes in good and evil yeah <laughs> do not mistake him so any of that that you want to get you have to completely make up in your fanfic and then <laughs> put between the pages but uh and at first when i started to realize the movie wasn't going that way i was a little bit disappointed I, I wouldn't have expected it from that movie but then i got the feeling that the movie was going that way i think especially when joan allen and this is so confusing to say. Joan Allen and John Travolta as Nicolas Cage as John Travolta were going to the gravesite of their dead son yeah. later in the movie, about midway through so the movie. Castor has to, like, I thought, oh, like he's, he's going to have a moment yeah. where he realizes the consequences I've, I've of his actions. Yeah. But no. No. Um, so we've got the, back to the flashback of the game, we've got the uh, Archer and his son on the carousel and he does what will happen many times in the rest of the movie, which is something oh. you love, which is he stri- gently strokes his face. He takes his four fingers and starts at the forehead and just sort of runs down the person's if, face. If, if you were listening, it would make this sound <laughs> and you gotta, hold on. You got, oh, don't laugh. You gotta get this lip sound. Sorry. Yeah. The, it's, and the, yeah, the hook on the lip and the, it's at the end. It's yeah. very important. Yeah, it's it's bothersome, and they did it so much. I'm surprised that I, because usually I pick up on these things. I'm surprised that I didn't pick up on that it would be a twist at the end of the movie. I was just like, stop doing that. I kept just getting louder throughout the movie. I'm like, stop it, just stop it. He does it a lot, um, but, but later it becomes the sign that teaches people like oh my god of course it was john travolta the whole time i do want to say also what we're talking about dirty hands archer here (laughs) what have you been doing with your hands he's like i'm sorry i've been eating olives all day like peanuts (laughs) uh one thing that was very 90s about it is that we had the i wrote down this one of my favorite lines we had the the captain who just didn't didn't agree with what uh John Travolta's character was doing. And so yeah. when they find out before the faces are off, um, <laughs> that's it. The faces are off. <laughs> that's it. Um, the, uh, FBI captain chief is like, uh, they know that there's a bomb somewhere in LA. And, uh, the chief says to John Travolta's character, John Travolta as John Travolta as John Travolta, no Nicholas Cage. Yet. Yeah. He says, we're not going to evacuate LA on a, your hunch. And I'm like, but we have evidence that at that point they had found a floppy disk with the instructions for the bomb. They had a witness who said, there's a bomb. <laughs> and he's like, we're not going to do it. Not going to happen. Well, yeah. That was one of my favorite lines. Because it was what, just like, no, we're all, not doing it. When it was all in 
it was basically they would have to evacuate the entire city because they didn't know where it was. So, I mean, there's a, there's a potential conflict there, but it isn't, well, we're not, you have no evidence. It was like, no, he does have no, evidence. No, he's got him. He's got And this, this guy's crazy enough to blow up the town. He's got this And also it was a bomb that would, evidence, by the, the way. evidence though was the, that the bomb would affect the whole town. Right. So it wasn't ridiculous to say, we need to evacuate the whole town. Yeah. Um, we got to go back to the beginning because Sorry. my favorite part we skipped over, which is that, so when uh, <laughs> Caster does take the shot, and he doesn't mean to, but he shoots Archer, but then through Archer's body, he kills his son. And then as they're sort of falling off the carousel, because, you know, he's been struck by a bullet, um, <laughs> you see, you know, the streak camera movement still happen, and then you see a, a <laughs> you see a horse... From the carousel, carousel. Horse. yeah, a carousel horse. You know, they do a shot, a moving shot of it, so it's like there's streaky. blood on it, and then you literally hear a horse whinny, <laughs> as if it's an actual horse. And I got really mad and amused simultaneously at that moment. Uh, but anyway, I did. I just couldn't skip over that. No, it's very important in the history of filmmaking. Uh, let's talk about the. So once the faces come off. Um, John Travolta is sent to prison. John Travolta's character as Nicolas Cage is sent to prison, mm-hmm. which anyone who knows Star Trek, it looks like the Klingon prison of Rurapente. There is, it's so absolutely ridiculous. The it's movie, the- it takes place in presumably the present day. Yeah. Crazy surgeries, notwithstanding. But this prison, it's they the have demolition boots. Man prison. Yeah, and they have boots that are magnetized Super and, Mario and keep track of like exactly where the people are. They look like the Super Mario Brothers boots. Yeah, um, there are no windows, so they play like nature um, yeah. channels in the TV. Um, there are no like rules. It's just like fucking. Like it's to- like escape from LA. It's just absolutely insane. There are no rules. The guards just let everyone fight and don't even give a shit. I like to call this the lazy future because <laughs> it's only the future when they felt like adding some new tech. Like so, the whole beginning of the story before the faces come off, come off. Uh, it's normal. Oh, I forgot that you, I didn't realize you were doing what I do. <laughs> it's normal. They just, everything's like, even though they said like six years later, it's clear that that first scene where the kid gets shot is in the past. Well, they so look like, at his gravestone and he, he died in 91. Yeah. So this is supposed to be present day. Uh, oh yeah. Confirmed. It's confirmed. It's um, but th- then they go to this, the surgery itself, which is super high tech. And, uh, and it's a secret prison that floats in the water. Being that it's like the the surgery is like the linchpin of the film, I'm kind of like, okay, you're you're saying this is like a super secret military thing. I'll give I'll give this is a stupid action movie. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That could you, know, you get a freebie in your world that exists in 1997, right? Even though that's ridiculous and will probably never exist to that extent, but. Maybe. I felt like they made an effort to explain yeah. its high-techness. And I understand that some people would have a complaint. Some people, like if I'm just pulling someone out of thin air, your wife. Yes. Um, <laughs> but like the prison, what bothers me about the prison is that the rest of the world of the movie looks nothing like this prison. Yeah. This prison looks straight out like Dem- Demolition Man yeah. or Idiocracy the, or some other like, like shocker sci-fi dystopia. And, yeah. Yeah. Magnetized boots, all that. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Um, let's see. 
I got to get to you uh, um, some of my favorite lines, which Please. is, uh, let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. <laughs> very beginning, uh, that's uh, Caster, or as Caster, Nicholas Cage as Nicholas Cage as Nicholas Cage. Uh, that's just kind of showing, he's, there's some uh, very Nicholas Cage acting that happens in this, and it's, uh, it's... Is this the movie you think that released the Beast? No, he's had so many crazy. <laughs> no. He's had so many crazy movies. I mean, yeah, I'm just actually thinking of scenes from Moonstruck, which is ten years earlier than this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he was insane in that as well. Yeah, he's just, he's just maybe an insane person, but it's it's amusing in this. He is a like, you know, as far as you can, uh, it's not like you know Heath Ledger's Joker or anything, but it is like he is a very compelling. He's an agent of chaos. Yeah, pretty and pedophilia, but chaos. Yeah, there is some of that. Um. He's really into cunnilingus. Yes. Or at least the, you know, trademark crop of Georgia. Maybe he's literally into peaches. It's not a vaginal thing. for hours, he says. <laughs> Ugh. Was that Holly Hunter or Nicholas Cage? Was, it, was, it was a little weird combo. It was a little Raising Arizona homage. <gasps> I meant it that way. Um, do you want to, well, I know we already talked about Joan Allen. <laughs> Do you want to harangue her some more? No, I just want to quote you. I don't know if you uh, are okay with this, but uh, there's a scene where, um, and I think, I'm trying to remember who our main character was at this moment, whether he was still himself or whether he was cast her as, anyway, but he comes home and and his wife is sleeping and she looks like a- a I have a note. Okay. Do you want to say it? She looks well, like a, she's she's lying down. She looks like a porcelain doll, kind of. And she's she's lying down. She's falling asleep in bed. Her hand is up by her head. She looks like she, I wrote, she looks like a Victorian woman dead of consumption. Yes. <laughs> the only thing missing is a blood-splattered handkerchief. It's because she's so pale. She has such beautiful skin, that yeah. Joan Allen. And she's so graceful. She is so graceful. What is um, she doing in this movie? Exactly what she always does. Yeah, she's, she's just long for the ride. One thing your uh, wife brought up, and I concurred with, uh, mm. while they're removing the face... Before the new face is on, they cut John Travolta's hair to look like Nicolas Cage's hair. While the, he's got his like face open to the world. I have to take a shower after I get a haircut when my face is still on my head. <laughs> Think of all the little hair bits just rolling around in the tissue of Nicolas Cage's face. You have He's probably scratching at it and he can't reach it because it's under his skin. You have... All of the hours preceding the surgery, and you have infinity after the surgery. Not to mention, yeah, re- recuperation time. Just like cut it later. Ugh, it was it was weird. And they made a point, like they. It's not like they just like you see it off the, off to the side happening. No, they made a, like, they give you shots of them cutting the hair, like it's an important part of this surgery. <laughs> yeah, I thought one thing I wanted to bring up. I don't know if we're at this point yet. This is a sort of a larger question. Okay. But I wonder if they should have been cast opposite. Oh, you mean like uh, John Travolta is the bad guy and Nicholas... Wait, I don't understand. <laughs> John Travolta would be the good guy for most of the movie. Yeah, okay. Because he plays the bad guy at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Because for most of this movie, Nicholas Cage is the hero. Yes. With the face of a villain... But Nicolas Cage plays crazy really well. But I do also want to say, as the movie progressed, 
I wasn't sure how I felt about them playing each other. But as time went on, I was really into it. I feel like John Travolta really earned a gold star for his yes. portrayal of himself as Nicolas Cage. Yes. Or I, I have Nicolas to hand Cage it to of him. himself. Given, especially given they like they they established the kind of craziness, the wackiness yeah. of the character, and uh, Travolta did a pretty good job being that crazy guy. And Nicolas Cage, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but his performance was a little more subtle in that at first. I was like, I don't know if he's really nailing it, but then he does. He he starts whining a lot more, and I was like, yeah. that's John Travolta. <laughs> he also uh, does what um, I've been trained to do in any undercover scenario, which is when you're portraying somebody, you know, you're like, you know, doing spy games as I right. as I often do. Yeah, and you are, you know, pretending to be someone else. You want to shout the name of the person <laughs> that you are. <laughs> He's in Sean Archer! And he keeps, no, he, in the prison, he's like, I'm Caster Troy. <laughs> All right. And it's like, okay. All right, okay. buddy. That's why every time I get to work, I scream out, I'm Damon Xanthopoulos. I'm Damon Xanthopoulos. That way people know who you are. I haven't had my face removed. Ain't it cool? We get that. We get that line in there. Does he say that? One. Yeah. Um, Teens love James Brown, I put here. <laughs> well, the first scene when Nicolas Cage as John Travolta comes home, he finds his daughter smoking cigarettes mm. and listening to that that sweet, fresh beat of James Brown's Papa Got a Brand New Bag. <laughs> um, so you know she's trouble, first off, because she's, you know... She's listening to that horrible James Brown movie, music. Yeah, yeah. What if this movie doesn't take place in the near future, but actually takes place in the sixties? <laughs> when that was, when you were subverting, when culture. you were like, "Oh my God, James Brown." Um, I don't know if it's time for this, but we have to talk about the music. Um, this the main title theme is stolen from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the um. Uh, <sighs> It's not any song from Beauty and the Beast, like not it's an the, actual like, lyrical song. It's the it's the like magic a, theme. Yeah. And that's when they diverge. But yeah. Beauty and the Beast goes. This one has some sort of organ nonsense. Yeah. Because it it's does, an absolutely ridiculous movie. There is one like every some amount of time, every like eighth time or whatever, it does the it's usually just the first four notes. And at first, you and I couldn't place it because we like, it's not this? it's not the song you think of when you're thinking of yeah, Beauty and the not. Beast. But I remember, I remember you uh, you said, "What is that song?" And as the movie progressed, I was like, "I know I've heard it recently." Oh, because Disney inexplicably made a shot for shot remake of Disney, <laughs> their own fucking authoritative version of Beauty and the Beast. You know, I'm so fucking angry about that. Don't you get just me have to. You needed to share Emma Watson's. Um, Singing voice of the world. And her eyebrow movements. Like, you've made, you've accomplished what so many people have failed to do, which is to make a version of a fairy tale that is hundreds of years old, that people for generations, when they think of Beauty and the Beast, they're going to think of Disney's animated music movie, Beauty and the Beast. And you're like, you know what? I bet we can beat ourselves. Let's make it again. You know why? Got to get that gay moment in there. Dump truck of money. That's why they made they made they made money. They're remaking the Lion King. I also found out. I just can't wait. Lion King. Um, so, uh, oh, did I divert the conversation again? 
Well, I mean, it, it is not really because we were talking about how they stole this music from at least the first four notes and then every eighth time, the first five <laughs> notes of the theme. Um, did you know that uh, in a future prison, if you get... Prison. Prison. Did you know that in a future prison, if you get shock treatment, which it still exists in uh, future prisons, um, you get superpowers. Is that what happens? You, I remember you saying that, but I maybe missed what, what you were referring to. So the guy, so there's a guy, and I can't remember his name, that uh, picks a fight with Caster, or our main character, Sean Archer, yeah. as Caster, as soon as he gets in the prison, and then there's this big fight, and then Caster beats the shit out of him. And then um, later we cut to um, a scene in a shock therapy room where that same guy is getting shock therapy, and he's got like puke all dribbled oh, down his yeah. chin. Like, seems like he's kind of brain dead. And then, and this is basically Sean Archer as Caster Troy's ploy to get the boots off because they have to take their boots off to do the shock. Oh my God. Uh huh. And so as they're buckling him in, he, you know, kind of snaps the, the guy who's just shocked and laying on the floor out By of By saying it. something about his wife and yeah, sister. Yeah, because the reason that he picked a fight with him in the first place is because the real Caster Troy... Uh, Fucked has, his wife and uh, sister. Yeah, and sister at the same time. And uh, and he says, like, you know, I know, your wife loves you. I never did that. And then he wakes up inexplicably and beats up, like, 11 guards carrying guns. So just so you know. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I'm going to bring up what has become, like, my obsession with this movie. Okay. So this movie started out like a typical 90s movie where – you know, the cops play by their own rules and we're supposed to be like super rah-rah into it. And I believe there's a scene like where John Travolta is like, well, you can take the Fourth Amendment and tattoo it on my ass, but I'm going to catch Caster Troy and you can go fuck yourself and your constitution. Yeah. He doesn't actually say that. But he does say like, he's like poo-pooing the Fourth Amendment. Yeah. And he's like, I got to I gotta bring law and order to this town, God damn it. And I was like, oh, well, this is typical for action movies where I'm just supposed to accept that John McClane can shoot whoever he wants as long as he brings right. back, you know, order to the situation. And so I thought it was just going to be that typical thing. And then as the movie went on and they switch faces in a face-off procedure, mm-hmm. the eponymous face-off <laughs> removal The face-off. Yeah. Um, they, uh, I start to realize that I feel like one of the undercurrents of this whole movie is that cops and criminals use a lot of the same fucking tactics. Because once Nicolas Cage becomes John Travolta, he starts doing the same stuff about, he starts saying the same things about the Constitution, and his his boss starts saying stuff about the Constitution, like, you can, I don't even feel like this stuff is constitutional, and he starts poo-pooing the Constitution as well. Yeah. And they have a shootout in the middle of... Uh, Caster's hangout, which mirrors very similarly the shootout at the beginning of the movie that takes place at the airport, where several FBI agents get killed, and John Travolta then, as himself, is uh, he sort of chastises his team when they cheer him for finally catching Caster Pollux. Yeah. He's like, well, let's not forget the people who died here. Yeah. Higgins. And then later, yeah, Higgins. Johnson. Willoughby. Mr. Badger, John Higgins, Mr. Toad, um, <laughs> all the wind in the willows, city rabbit, <laughs> country, country mouse. mouse, city mouse. <laughs> um, and uh, later in the in the shootout, they sort of have a similar thing, where 
a lot where uh, Caster's brother gets killed and Caster has this, you know, moment of like, hey, don't f- fucking forget my my uh, my brother because the cop comes in and goes, thinking it's still John Travolta's character yeah. as Red, um, says, what are you crying about? It's just, uh, you know, Pollux Troy and he shoots him right in the head. And that was Gavin Belson from Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um so I feel like that was one of like the themes that started to stick out to me, which I was surprised yeah. by because it's a fucking John Woo movie. Yeah. But like that was one of the things is that uh they're using all the same tactics as each other. And I mean, I guess maybe in the time of Black Lives Matter and especially like after the Philando Castile verdict yeah. came out um as at the time of this recording, like last week, yeah. um, it was like sticking out in my mind, like this is a do you think i mean don't get me wrong yeah this is kind of a dumb movie but there is like this undercurrent of like cops and criminals do the same fucking shit how how i mean i know i'm sure it wasn't completely unintentional but how intentional do you think that was from general i feel like it was probably pretty intentional i think or is he only able to write one way (laughs) regardless (laughs) of whether they're good guys or bad I mean, I don't know what else to do, so I guess everyone just comes in and starts opening fire. Well, it's like when uh, Sean Archer is Caster Pollock, so when... When John Travolta is Nicolas Cage? Yeah. He basically differentiates himself by not intentionally killing anybody. Right, he's like, like, get down! Where the real caster is just opening fire, and the bad guys are opening fire, and the good guys... And the cops are opening fire. The FBI's are just kind of opening fire, and like... uh, Margaret Cho's opening fire. No, she doesn't. Yeah, I don't think she... We see her, like, around the action, but I don't think we ever see her Yeah, I don't think she's... Um, But she... Or or, But he... um, Archer defines himself by, like, not directly shooting someone, except for sometimes. Like, I don't know if they... Intentionally, maybe it was just like maybe I missed it, and that he actually never fatally wounded anyone, and only like <laughs> shot them in legs and stuff. Right. But like he does shoot lots of people, definitely, definitely people that he's kicked or whatever fall off long, like long falls, and stuff he's like definitely that. not like, a good guy, and he definitely doesn't have an arc in this regard. At least, yeah. I mean, he does push people down a lot more, like innocent bystanders down a lot more. But it's like if you are within this criminal group. I guess he does sort of have an arc because Gina Gershon's character becomes an yeah. arc for him. Yeah. Where he takes in her son without consulting his wife or daughter. Just like, yeah. Yeah, we got a little bit of forced adoption at the yeah. end there. Uh, Honey, is this okay? He doesn't even mouth the word. He just mouth. He doesn't say the words aloud. He just mouths the words. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Like, uh, yeah, and she I just guess. nods silently. No, get him out of the here. Women. Take, to, take him to McDonald's and leave him there, please. Someone um, will get them. Someone will think it's one of theirs. Yeah, that's an interesting... Uh, I didn't... I mean, I guess now, now that you say it, I definitely pick it up, but I, I didn't pick it up during the watching of the movie. I'm trying to think of the moment where it kicked in for me. Um, I think it was I think it was the moment the chief said something about unconstitutionality because it's that same conversation stuck out to me earlier when they were poo-pooing the, Constitu- the Fourth Amendment. I was like, oh, don't underline which law you're actually breaking yeah. so that i remember it i'm trying to like escape into this weird action world moving on to an <laughs> equally important uh point in the plot was the pocahontas dive that uh when uh, oh yeah when anyone uh, can survive falling into water don't worry about it just just last episode we watched uh pocahontas and Pokey. uh she performs a half gainer off of a waterfall from about nine stories up as does 
Sean Archer as Caster Pollux, John Travolta <laughs> as Nicolas Cage, or Nicolas Cage as... Yeah. Uh, John Travolta is in Nicolas Cage's body at this time. He escapes the prison, which is in an oil rig? Yeah, it's a floating prison. Okay. Did you not... I mean, and I if you rearrange the, the letters of the title of the prison, it spells nowhere. Oh. What? Yeah, it's something I picked up on IMDb. What is the name of the prison? <coughs> Erewhon or something. Oh, gross. Um, he jumps off the top of it and... Yeah, he's lands. Fine. He's fine because he landed in water. Yeah. Even though There's no surface tension on water. Yeah, right? you'll be fine. You'll be fine. There's a point where uh, we're kind of towards the third act here where... Uh, Nicholas Cage, as John Travolta's character, comes back to uh, Joan Allen, his wife, and tries to basically convince her that he's him. Wait, um, who's playing the character right now? Nicholas Cage. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean Archer. Yeah. But he looks like Caster Troy. Um, sure. And he comes back and <laughs> he basically, in just a few sentences describes the plot of the movie (laughs) (laughs) and he can barely make it through it like he's psychotically laughing as he's telling it because it's so ridiculous and you were like he can't even describe the plot of his own movie (laughs) it was pretty amazing it was good he was like yeah i was in a secret operation and i had to switch places i couldn't tell you yeah they literally took my face off um that was great. I also liked there was a weird uh, scene where he, where Nicolas Cage, the villain, is in disguise as John Travolta. Yes. So he's evil John Travolta. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be saying. Yes. Evil John Travolta okay. or good John Travolta. God damn. Can we go back and re-record uh, this whole thing? That was it. That was the thing the whole time. Take two. Uh, evil John Travolta sees his daughter coming back from a date with... All other Scientologist, one of the Mastersons, that 70s show Masterson. Danny Masterson? I don't know. Kevin Masterson? Macaulay Masterson? (laughs) Kieran? And he tries to pull the old date rape. Mm. And so uh, John Travolta rips him out of the car, throws him around a lot, then teaches his daughter how to use a butterfly knife. Mm-hmm. To stab a guy in the carotid artery. Yeah. Which she then uses against John Travolta later in the final shootout when he licks her face. Uh, she stabs him in, That's the, his in the thigh. Uh, John Travolta like wipes the face. Caster licks the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, both of you just stop it. Stop, stop it. Stop doing stuff to faces. Um, and then they uh, you know ride around on a boat. He and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes. They go off into the sunset and fall in love. You made it sound like they're, like, slaloming together. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's plenty more to say. Anything yes. else, you got to get off your chest. No, that's basically it. Well, let's talk about it. What do you think of this movie? Uh, this is not a good movie, but it's great. I completely disagree with you. I think this is a great movie, but it's great. <laughs> this movie is absolutely insane. Yes. Uh, I mean, there are flaws, yeah. but I had so much fun watching it. And it I don't think really it's fun. nearly as dumb as it would seem by its very... A lot, um, of, the, a lot of the... Single entendre yes. yeah. title. A lot of the... Um, 
there's a lot of like this came out in 1997 stuff in the stuff that I'm complaining about, like like trench coats, yeah, shiny shirts, yeah. shirts that sort of match the blazer you're wearing them right. with. Yeah, there's there's some like uh, big collars things that necessarily didn't necessarily age well, but that are excusable given that it did sucking on tongues. That was huge in 1997. As someone who was people love it. About fifteen, <laughs> trust me. Yeah, you and the ladies. <laughs> I, I was alone until age twenty. You were sucking on your own tongue. Ooh. You know, it's just that's passed down through genetics. You can do it or you can't. Um, yeah, I, there's. A, if I were gonna be super picky, I would cut about fifteen to twenty minutes out of this. Then in the like second act, third act bridge, there's a lot. There's a big slow part. I remember I started to lose focus. And then they blammo, 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 blammo until the end. Right. The so. prison, I, I feel like the prison was a little bit like Michael Bay-y, where it was yeah. like, this prison's super advanced for no real reason. Yeah. I feel like that, if they had just brought the prison back to earth a little bit, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And there's the whole- Although like, the, the prison part, I wouldn't want to cut it because it goes back to my, my essay I want to write, because one of the minor villains in this movie is a guard with yes. too much power- Beating up criminals. That's true. Unconstitutional. And then, uh, for me, is the part after that, uh, when he escapes, that's just kind of, it drags a little bit. Like, it's definitely necessary, because he has to kind of, you know, ingratiate himself back to his wife and sort of basically make his plan for the final scene to, like, get back. But it's a little bit like, okay. The movie sort of gets caught up in his own premise, which is like, well, how would you now convince anyone right. that you're yeah. yourself? Um, but I loved it. So your verdict? Yeah, your inner child is a genius. Yeah, your, your inner child is, is, a, is not an idiot for sure. Uh, I don't know if I can go genius, but I did, I did enjoy it. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot fun. of fun. And uh, you know, they, I, you had to hand it to the, the, we can make fun of both of the main actors. They did a good job in this movie. They did exactly what they needed to do. For this movie. They both have their problems. Really, some with taxes, some with religious ch- choices they've made. Uh, blah, 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 things, <laughs> things, things. Um, I, I couldn't have asked for anything else from them, honestly. Like, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know what else they could have done better. It was a silly movie, and they went for it. <laughs> uh, what do you think, everybody? Call us, 615-576-0525. You can leave, leave a voicemail. You can email us, yourinshadowsanidiot at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us uh, plane tickets on kayak.com if you want. Thank you. Fly us somewhere for free. Um, want to give a... Helena, Montana. I uh, want to give a shout out to our patrons, Larissa Maestro, Dan McIntyre, Ghost in the Burbs, Amy Parman, Joshua Nicholson, and Jonathan Day. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you want to be awesome like them, patreon.com slash is an idiot. You can support the podcast. That's fucking it. That's all I got. Take his face off. Take, we're going to take this face. I don't want it on my face anymore. Do you see this facade? This face? No. Question no, thank mark? you. Get it out of here. Period. I don't want an exclamation point. See the skin part of my skull head? No thanks. 